Welcome to Let's Be Real 100%, where we are 100% real about life. We know that life happens and we are here to talk about it. And when I say we, I'm talking about it's all God and little old me. Join us as we jump into our topic today. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Be Real. This journey, that's all I'm going to say is this journey, this journey, this journey. Our next journey is with Miss Michelle Steiner. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation and we'll be coming back and talking to you soon. Good afternoon. Hi. I am so sorry about that. You're so fine. You're fine. I'll usually send out the link within 10 minutes in advance, so. I just wanted to make sure that we were still okay by uh, uh, for still meeting today. Sure, thank you so much. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Yes, yeah, so welcome. Well, welcome to an episode of Let's Be Real. We have been on a journey of allowing people to know that um, they are not alone in their journeys in life, whether good, bad, or ugly. And we want to, you know, encourage others that they can keep going, and again, that they're not alone in these journeys. Um. Yeah. Also, I would like to start off my off off the conversation with the icebreaker. Um, okay. So I will ask you a question, and you'll just um, answer your question, pretty much. Uh, so your question today will was will be, uh, where do you find your inspiration? I find a lot of my inspiration from a lot of the walks that I take. I love to be uh, able to go out and find interesting uh, things in nature. Uh, flowers are a big passion of mine. And that's where I get a, that's where I gain a lot of my inspiration from. Absolutely, I love nature. I definitely like going outside. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the weather has changed where we are, it's starting to get cooler. I can go back outside now. It's not too hot. <laughs> so I can actually manage my life outside. <laughs> Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> it has been a hundred and a hundred and I guess twelve, thirteen here in Texas and now it has started raining and cooling all of a sudden that yeah, now I can go outside and right. actually enjoy the outside. Awesome. I love that. I love the flowers. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, my name is Michelle Steiner. I live in Pennsylvania with my husband and our two cats. And I work as a disability writer and photographer, and I have my own blog called Michelle's Mission. And I also work in a school as a paraeducator, working with students with and without disabilities in the classroom. Okay, so when you say you uh, do disability photo, uh, photo, how do you say the word? I can't say the word. Photography. How does that work? Like, what do you usually do? Well, that actually goes in with the nature piece of being inspired of being outside. I'm not able to drive because of my learning disability with the visual perception part of my learning disability. Mm -hmm. So I get to sit in the passenger seat of the car and I'll get to see things that maybe other people will miss. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be driving with my husband and I'll say, did you see that? And he'll be like, no, I'm focused on the road. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll see a flower and I'll, Later, if, I, if I'm on, if I'm local, uh, I can go on a walk on my way to the gym or wherever else I need to go. And I can take a picture of that flower and people will say to me, you bring up a lot out a lot of details in that flower mm-hmm. that um, other people miss. And I get a chance to put that on my blog 
to accompany articles, but I also have a little store that I have artwork for sale as well. Oh, neat. Okay. Well, I'm, we definitely, I'm definitely looking for some art because my <laughs> walls are like really, really white. Oh. <laughs> so I need, I need some color in my life. So I would definitely be checking that out uh, for sure. So when you say you bring your, you bring it to the educational side. So like, how do you marry the, um, your passion, your inspirations to your education? Well, a lot of what I, when I was in college, I studied uh, community programming for Americans with disability. And that mm -hmm. is the service end of uh, special education. Uh, it's not teaching, but it helps you to be able to go out and help individuals that have disabilities. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I definitely wanted to help people with being able, with disabilities, with my own. Mm -hmm. And I knew that maybe going to being a teacher wouldn't be the best career move for me. And I also had a lot of people that did try to limit me. I can remember I had a special ed teacher that told me, well, I don't think you can do college because of your math uh, difficulties. And I also had a psychiatrist that didn't think I could go beyond community college uh, because of it. And I just knew I wanted to help people that had disabilities. And I, I had that opportunity to go back to school and, and to learn about different types of disabilities and ways that we can help them. And uh, writing has always been a pat and photography have always been passions of mine. And I found a way a few years ago to be able to combine all that together with writing and photography to just maybe give some analogies of explaining life with a learning disability. I love that. I really do how you take the, the the thing that may look negative and turn it into a positive and make it work out for your good. So you had stated in the beginning, just a minute ago, that um, people that you worked like when you're in school, mm -hmm. and also they were, they were pretty much telling you that you're not going to be able to do this, you're not going to be able to do that. So how did you, from that time to where you are now, like how was your journey through maneuvering all those negative people and negative thoughts that you may have had for yourself? How did you maneuver through all of that to make it to where you are now? Well, I definitely, along with having people who were negative, I also had a lot of people who were encouraging. Uh, mm -hmm. Number one were my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They never gave up on me from the time I was diagnosed as a small child in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. They pushed, yeah, they pushed me to, to work hard, not to be perfect, but to always do right. my best. Right. And they advocate for me. So I definitely wouldn't be there without my mom and dad. I also have a great uh, system of support with uh, friends mm -hmm. that uh, they couldn't fix the, often the situation, but they could be my friend. And just throughout those years, and especially with getting bullied in school, that was really important that I found uh, this group of mm -hmm. friends. And 20 some years later, we're still uh, friends. So it's it, that's pretty neat. That is good. That's and, a lot of fun. Yes. And also, uh, I had a student teacher when I was in high school that was extremely encouraging. I can remember when everyone was saying I couldn't do it. She told me, you can go to college. You know how to study. Right. And sometimes that was the voice that I heard when it was really difficult. Okay. So whenever you were going through all those negativity thoughts mm -hmm. or whatever, people were telling you, you just I immediately thought of something positive. Um to oh to what's the word I'm looking for to erase all of the 
negative that came your way pretty much, right? Exactly. Definitely. I've been really blessed to have a lot of encouraging people in my life. And that's really good, especially if you have friends that's been with you said 27 years. That's definitely um, Mm -hmm. a blessing. And it's hard to find people that will stick with you, you know, through the thick and thin of um, of journey, the life's journeys. So um, what that so uh, when you stated that you're a disability writer, like what does a disability writer do? Well, I write articles uh, related to my experience with having a learning disability. I began with my first article that I had published on The Mighty about my struggle with opening up doors with limited hand dexterity. Mm-hmm. I can remember that people that I'm still friends with all those years later, a lot of them were in a writing group that I'm at and we're, we're mm-hmm. still meeting. And I can remember when I first started, I was writing some bad poetry and some other uh, really cringeworthy things. And I had a friend that told me, you you know, you really should write about having a learning disability. And I kind of shied away from that for a lot Mm -hmm. of years. And when I finally got the courage years later to write that first article, uh, it was one of the most healing things that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it encouraged me to write more articles. And I started a blog and I I just had that connection with a lot of other people with writing content about having a learning disability and just being able to explain it to people. And some, some of the people, they, they have one themselves. So they definitely understand. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, that's, that's my experience or my story. And I thought I was the only one that struggled with it. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times I also get maybe people that don't understand what learning disabilities are. And that's an educational opportunity uh, for me to show uh, what my experience has been like. Right, so that was gonna be my next question. So like, if you could tell us exactly like, including with your story, like what does a a learning disability look like or what does it like, um, how can you explain to someone who don't know about what a learning disability is and what it can consist of? How can you break that down to that person? Sure. A learning disability is um, a person uh, that has difficulty in one area that's really significant, and they have another area that's uh, very high or in a normal range, and it's that gap that they have. And the person has a normal IQ, but for some reason they can't get uh what what that information is and their brain learns differently and thinks differently with me my learning disability is in math that's the big one i Mm -hmm. don't understand how numbers work and Mm -hmm. it also can go beyond just not being able to uh understand how the how problems will work in math Mm -hmm. i get you know things such as my, I get my directions confused, my left or my right. I'm not mm-hmm. able to read an analog clock. And I also have limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. And I have visual perception issues, but that's in my brain, not in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But, but other people uh, that have learning disabilities, they, ha- they can have things such as dyslexia, trouble with mm-hmm. reading, uh, language mm-hmm. impairments, uh, dysgraphia, uh, trouble with uh, writing and my handwriting is definitely not neat by any regard. <laughs> uh, but sometimes people can have a hard time with how do I get these ideas out on paper? Uh, and there's a lot of, and some of them, they can affect your eye hand coordination. And there's just a lot of different types 
of learning disabilities that are out there. And even if somebody has the same thing, uh, dyscalculia or dyscalculia, depending on how you pronounce it, that I do, everybody's going to experience it in uh, a different way. Right, absolutely. That 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 is a variety of uh, mm -hmm. disabilities that you know that people can um, can uh, deal with on a daily basis. So, like, what would be the what would be your? I guess if somebody was to find out that they had a disability and they don't mm -hmm. know what to do next, with um, well, what would your advice be to them? My first advice for someone that finds out they have a learning a disability, whether it's a learning disability or another type, is to learn as much about it as they possibly can. I think there's definitely, uh, you know, power in having knowledge about it. Mm -hmm. And I'd also encourage them to uh, be able to reach out to other people that have the same diagnosis and be able just to share things that might have helped them through their journey. And uh, what you know what works maybe what doesn't work that that's a big thing and, and also to look for strategies and ways to be able to compensate with having the disability absolutely absolutely so i was reading through some uh on your blog mm -hmm. the the pictures are really pretty like you do get a part of the flower that others really truly don't get and i'm definitely fascinated about those um oh, thank you so on the top where it says about me so the, when you published an article on the mighty what was that about the first article that i published was my struggle with limited hand dexterity mm -hmm. with opening up locks and it was about the prompt was list a seemingly ordinary task that's very hard mm -hmm. for you to do with your disability and opening up locks and anything with the fine motor skills is really difficult for me. I can remember being really frustrated one day I was in front of the door of my house and I couldn't lock it. And I called my dad and he, he kind of gave me some strategies and my husband was at work and I was able to uh, get the door locked and be able to leave. But uh, that's always been hard for me is locking things and unlocking them. And I, that's part of having the limited hand dexterity makes that difficult. Right. Right. So, okay. So let's go to like the beginning of your journey. So like, how did you or your parents find, or how did it come about that you had a learning disability? Like, how did that start? Right. I was diagnosed when I was in kindergarten. Uh, my, I was in I was in class and I was really struggling in school. My kindergarten teacher picked up that I was struggling uh, a lot with math and uh, there was a hand coordination, visual perception was a big thing. And I was my parents' first child. So my parents really didn't have a lot to base what normal development was. My preschool right. teacher, uh, if you look back to the, uh, the year prior, thought that something was going on. But I, of course, I was my parents first, so they sent me to school and uh, they just saw that I was struggling socially and academically, and they recommended that I get tested for a learning disability. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, after I went through the testing process, they found out I had one. And I had to uh, repeat kindergarten the following year in a different school in our district and began to receive specialty instruction as well. So doing that, going to a different school and doing 
learning it in a different way, do mm-hmm. you feel like it was complete? Was you taught this? I guess how would I say it? Was it any different than learning? Would it be any different than going to a regular school? Like, I know they have special teachers that handle certain situations. You know, they're trained to um, to teach right. students with disability. But did did it change anything? Right. I was still in a pub. I went to a public school for all twelve years uh-huh. uh, f- for that. But I received classes with having the disability and accommodations. And I believe it helped me in a lot of areas. I can remember we worked for a lot of those beginning skills in specialty instruction. For a while, that's pretty much what I did along with going to kindergarten uh, in the afternoon. And eventually I was able to be in more regular ed classes for reading, science and social studies. And they still did accommodations for me, such as having the test read aloud and extended test time. And that does definitely make a difference because when I don't use those accommodations, my scores are lower. Uh, I I don't do as well on them and I'm frustrated and my brain just doesn't have that time to process the information. So I think having a lot of those supports was really helpful. And I think it was also helpful, too, to know that I had a learning disability very young because mm-hmm. it's just a way of life for me. I still have to uh, use accommodations and look for different ways to be able to manage my life. And that started whenever I was very young. Yeah, so you're able to, now that you're older, you're more comfortable. I'm not going to say comfortable in it because nothing is um, <laughs> it's comfortable. But, you know, you're able to stand in confidence of like, okay, you know what, you know, you, you feel you're happy about yourself where you are. Um, so with that, like as a, you know, growing up as uh, in the beginning of this uh, disability journey, like did it take you a while to get, I know you had your, you know, people that were there for you and you had a really, really big support group, but in that, in your alone time, did you take, did it take you a while to, build your own confidence within yourself or did that just happen over time? It it took a long time because when I was a small child, I was very frustrated. All I wanted to do was learn like my peers Mm -hmm. and be like everybody else. And I thought that life was always going to be really difficult. And if I just didn't have this disability, everything would be perfect. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, especially uh, when people would limit me, I was really negative because I wanted to be successful. And I just felt like once again, the disability was what was holding me back. And it was almost like a grief, like a mourning process. I had to grieve. Yeah. That life that uh, somebody that uh, that loss of wanting to be someone that was neurotypical and learning that I'm neurodiverse. And once I went to college, Uh, to university and I used the accommodations and I had everything was falling in place for me to go back to school and I got my bachelor's degree. I think that's when my confidence began to soar a lot and I accepted, okay, I have a learning disability. That's not a bad thing. This is what I need to do to be successful. And I just found that so rewarding to be able to go and help others that have disabilities just be able to uh, be able to feel proud of having their disability and showing them ways that they can 
still find happiness even with having one. Right. Because there is a life. You learn how to still live a happy and joyful life and enjoy life even mm -hmm. with those kind of limitations um, because you can still, you know, enjoy life, like you said. So it when so when you said you had got your was the bachelor's, right? And yes. that's when you that's when your confidence um, came about. So like, is it when you got the degree or is it just like when you stood in the mirror and say, you know what? Um, I think a lot of it was when I finally got the degree, but throughout the journey when I was doing well and I made Dean's List and I found the right program for me that had the least amount of math and science possible. <laughs> and it had a program of interest for me and I was doing well with that and I was thriving and I thought, okay, as long as I have the right uh, things in front of me, I'm able mm -hmm. to be successful. And it's also more empowering for me to think about the things I can do rather than right. dwelling on the stuff I can't. Right. Absolutely. Because every time you think of some, every time you ponder on something that you can't do, it makes you feel more disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes a lot, it does take a lot of energy to think on the negative because it kind of veers your day to where it could be if you just think positive. So that definitely says a lot. Definitely, definitely says a lot. So in your uh, journey, so I'm again, I'm looking at these photos. <laughs> <laughs> so like how like when you're in your journey to being a um, taking photos, um, like, I guess I would say what started your passion for photography, but, you know, other than, you know, driving around. Right, definitely. Well, I think a lot of that, what I can remember whenever I was growing up, people would always say, oh, yeah, you have a learning disability. They're all, they're great visual thinkers. And I would go mm -hmm. to an art class. I try to draw something and I couldn't uh, draw that very well. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could do a stick figure. And I thought, oh, boy, I'm not really good at this. And I wondered what was wrong. But I can remember uh, that just wasn't the area that I was great in. And I can remember I went to prom and I took a picture of a tree and the lobby of a hotel that we were at mm -hmm. and I uh a lot of my peers were like why'd you take a picture of a tree and I showed it to somebody uh the woman that ran a writing group she goes this picture this shows you have perspective mm -hmm. and I thought wow okay that's kind of neat and I kind of put it on the shelf for a long time and I was at a we were my husband and I were at a family wedding in Rhode Island and we went to a cemetery and I took a picture of this angel and I was showing pictures to, to friends. And mm -hmm. one of my friends who was very particular about things uh, saw this picture of this angel and she said, wow, this is really good. This is amazing. And I thought, okay, if she likes it, this must be a good picture. Right. <laughs> <She> was, <laughs> and I entered it into a show and I think I got an honorable mention or another small prize. Mm -hmm. And that just started like, oh, why don't I go out and take pictures of things? And I really fell in love with doing that and entering them into shows. And all of a sudden I started taking pictures of just things I noticed when I was on my walk. If I saw a flower, I would take a picture of a flower. And people, a lot of people complimented me on them online and said, these are really good. And that just encouraged me to take more pictures and enter them into magazines and uh, be able now to be able to put them on my blog. And 
my husband and I also love to travel mm -hmm. and we'd like to go to botanical gardens and parks and take mm -hmm. a lot of photographs. Yeah, those botan uh, botanical gardens definitely have plenty of flowers. <laughs> so you can definitely take plenty of beautiful pictures. And again, the ones that you have taken is really uh, pretty. I was looking at the one that you have of this moth and it's crazy because the picture that you took, you can literally see all of the lines and crevices in this you know, mm -hmm. and the and the wings and everything. So it was, it was, it's really, really pretty. So, um, I don't know. I'm fascinated about these pictures. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, um, I was, uh, yeah, I was running errands that day, and I saw a moth that was just on the sidewalk, and I thought, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good, it's a really good picture. How how you took it? It, it stayed still, like it was posing for you, like it was ready. Like here I am. I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Right. That's exactly what it looks like. Definitely what it looks like. So um, it looks like you have a podcast as well. So could you tell us a little bit about the podcast? Well, I don't have my own podcast, but I okay. do put on my blog. I will put on links to some podcasts that I have been on. Okay. Okay, now I see it. I do read it. It's a podcast that I have been on. Gotcha. I read it. I was a little late. Sorry. That's <laughs> Okay. So um, as far as with the presses as well, so the Word Gathering, what is that exactly? Word Gathering is a literary magazine uh, that I've been a part of uh, for submitting artwork. I did an article a couple years back, and uh, I, I had the chance to put some pictures in uh, that, that magazine. Okay, and then also with the Nonverbal Learning Project, the same way? The uh, nonverbal learning project is one where that's uh, is where they specify uh, if people can write things on their blog about having mm -hmm. nonverbal learning disabilities. They do a lot of uh, research and just a lot of things on the the topic of how if you have what is called a nonverbal learning disability. Okay, so what would you consider a nonverbal disability? A nonverbal learning disability. Uh, it's not officially a diagnosis just yet. They are trying, that project is trying to change that. But mm -hmm. what it means is it, they're people that have a really high vocabulary, uh, good reading skills, good writing skills, but mm -hmm. the nonverbal ones such as uh, hand dexterity and visual mm -hmm. perception and driving, they're on the really low side. Um, for having that and they have a higher vocabulary with that so that's what they would consider and a person that has this also does not have the diagnosis of autism because there's a lot of people that might have autism right. and they're not able um you know it's it's definitely they might have some of those things that someone with nonverbal learning disability has but if the person is able usually to read facial expressions is able to uh, is definitely not doesn't have autism okay so they're trying to put a name so they're trying to right okay so if they put a name to it so it can be considered a disability kind of thing right exactly <laughs> okay makes total sense because i was reading i was like what is the nonverbal so like is there mute or you know i was just you know, yeah in my mind like what happened nonverbal i'm thinking you can't talk you know something happened right right yeah. right no <laughs> <laughs> i know the name can be kind of misleading too because it makes it sound like that someone's not able to speak or commute yeah but mm. yeah 
<laughs> no, you're fine. I'm glad you brought you was able to break that down to me. No, no. I'll yeah. be reading, I'll be reading over stuff, be overthinking everything. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a disability. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> Absolutely. But okay, so like with that in your story, uh, what would you tell how would you encourage the person that has the disability um who is frustrated and not knowing um, and not understanding what, you know, what to happen, what can happen next or what they do need to do next. What would you tell this person? I would tell the person to reach out and see what services are offered. I know that I have have used places such as Office for Vocational Rehabilitation. Uh, they helped me to pay for the testing for having a learning disability and with going back to school. But there's also other agencies that are out there. And I also encourage people that have them to uh, look for other groups where people can meet because sometimes I think that's important that you get that chance to meet with other individuals that have maybe your disability or mm -hmm. have a similar one. And yeah, you're able to connect with each other. And I'd also really like to tell people to know what they want and to be able to encourage them to be able to find a way to do it. And Sometimes the success that you get, it may not come in the package that you wanted, right. but it might be something even better. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody's journey pretty much is different when it comes mm -hmm. down to how they handle or communicate with their disability. The process of learning how to deal with it is different for everybody, correct? Yes, exactly. Everybody... Uh, has a different way of dealing with that and everybody has different ways on uh, what what they can do and what they what they're not able to do or sometimes they just need a different way to do it and people have a lot of different it's just a different experience for everybody absolutely absolutely um uh, if you could tell others where they can find you or if they could reach out to you in any way shape or form. sure I'd be happy to. Uh, you can find me at my blog, michellesmission.net. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely. So if you could give out like one resource to like that deals with all around disability, like is there like a website that you can give that people can start off by looking for the assistance? I would tell people if they're looking for some assistance with that, they might want to look for an Office of Vocational Rehabilitation in their um, in their community. Uh, that's they they should have one um, in in their area. That's a that's a good resource if you're uh, just to kind of give you maybe a direction on where to go with that. And I also encourage uh, Nas the National Learning Disabilities Association is great and uh, so is understood. Okay, so this is all a world, all around the world kind of thing, like they have one in different, the United States and... Um, OVR is United States because it's a federal program, mm -hmm. but uh, National Learning Disabilities Association, I think they have ones uh, in other parts of the world and... Uh, understood as well they can give some info they give information on just types of learning disabilities okay so that's that's definitely a good resource to go to um, yes. because like you said even if you don't know that you have a disability it's good to go know at least go find out if you do or not so you'll you know you'll be able to know um what to do next with that so any last encouraging words you would like to give to the people 
I know you said a lot, but any other encouraging words? (laughs) Sure. I would just love to uh, just encourage people uh, through their journey to to not give up and to just uh, hang in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely love listening to your journey and learning different things about um, disabilities and how you walked with your head up through it all. Um, Mm -hmm. And to also let other people know that um, that it can be done, you know, and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There are resources out there to help um, others out there who actually really, really need help. So I definitely appreciate you definitely sharing your story. I definitely appreciate you sharing your blog, um, Michelle's Mission um, dot net, and then also finding you on Facebook if anyone wants to reach out and learn more about. Um, disabilities or needing anything to find find a way to find some help for disabilities so i definitely appreciate that and bringing awareness to uh disability so i definitely enjoyed the conversation oh thank you so much i've enjoyed our time as well absolutely so as soon as i uh do my editing and finish everything i will i will send you the link of the post date and also send you the link to the episode as soon as uh, it's completed. Okay, sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Let's Be Real 100%. We're 100% real about life. We hope that you enjoyed the topic today and we hope that you trust God more and more each day and we hope to see you next week.